is Monday, whatever day that is, Labor Day 2019, and football is here. The week for football is here, at least. I'm Will Brinson. I'm the host of the daily CBS Sports NFL podcast, a mini Super Friends show today on this holiday. Well, you know how we roll. We go daily. We don't mess around. Holidays, we don't care. We put out eight shows last week, maybe nine if we did a Cuts podcast. Who knows? I mean, you will, but I won't. I don't right now because we're recording this on Friday to get ahead of the curve and to get you that content you crave. Joining me to go over our Bold Predictions podcast, that's what this will be, uh, in that corner, John Jim Breach. What's up, John? I will. You know who I am not? I'm not Ryan Wilson because that guy is still on vacation. It's been a month now. (laughs) I forgot about it. Yeah. It's like Wilson like vacation shames everybody on our team. He's like, "Uh, another vacation for Princeton. And he's like, I'm taking the last week before football off and going to play soccer in the mountains with my head. Who's here podcasting on a holiday weekend? Us three, Wilson, nowhere to be found. He won't even return my text messages. I know. It's sad. Sad. He got off the grid. Uh, also in this corner, wearing a tank top and weighing 148 pounds, all of it bench press muscle, Sean Wagner McGuff. In, in Ryan's defense, I do think he wrote a story last night, and it's like the main cover on the homepage. What? So he's, he's still on vacation, kind of grinding away, which I got to say, I mean, you got to respect it, but at the same time, you're not doing vacation right. You know are what you I sure mean? The like, story, are you sure the story wasn't called How to Milk All Your Vacation Days? Because that how to guy oat milk, milk all your vacation days? <laughs> are you sure that um, – did Ryan actually talk about the the actual game that Daniel Jones had in, in week three, or did he just slap are you, up Are some, you suggesting he pre-wrote this before he left and then just – that is precisely what I am suggesting. By the way, two of his top three rookies to watch out for, NC State guys, what's up? In your face. Um, anyway, uh, let's talk about some bold predictions. We'll get dive right into it. We don't, we're not doing any news, um, because this is Monday's podcast. We are under the impression we will have some version of a cuts podcast that you will have already listened to per, perchance on Sunday, uh, maybe Saturday, who knows? Um, but we wanted to get a podcast ready for you on Monday. Want it to be a little bit evergreen. All the games are taking place. Um, so we're going to skip the news and dive right into the bold predictions. Uh, should we, you know, I guess we could have created a rundown for this. Sean, falling asleep at the wheel once again, but that's okay. I'll let, uh, we'll do it like a, a draft. We'll do uh, one, two, three. So John Breach, uh, by virtue of being introduced first and, uh, and claiming that you have family in town or something weird like that, uh, you can go first. <laughs> What's your number one? Bold. You don't have to do the order you send them to me. Just your, you can you know, maybe build to a crescendo of, of great bold predictions until the fifth is just a mind bender. Uh, well, my first one is that my family's never going to listen to this podcast again with you just ripping them for visiting me. Does your, does your family listen to this podcast? Sometimes. My That's dad does. Uh, your dad's, your dad Bengals all time leading scorer Jim Breach listens to this podcast. He's a pick six listener. At least three out of four and maybe four out of four podcast super friends. Like Jim Breach better than John Breach. He generally texts me and asks if Sean's going to be on. And if I say yes, then he passes. And if I say no, then he listens. So it's like, it just depends on if Sean's there. All right. What's your first bold prediction, Breach? What? I'm just kidding, Sean. That I was be, like, that, okay, I'm that's, flat, that's not true. That's confused. not true. Okay. So we're going with our least bold to our most bold. Uh, sure. That, yeah. Yeah, let's do that. It makes more sense. So but, but maybe, like, but like maybe even saying. build up like your fifth one could be like if you have a Super Bowl prediction, uh, or you have a, um, 
or you have a, a, a MVP prediction, something that fits. All right, I'm just going to start with a prediction that no one cares about. Okay. Uh, Andy Dalton dominates oh. in Zach Taylor's offense and sets a career high in passing yards. This should be the boldest. I'm not even going to talk about it. I'm just going to say it. And it should be the boldest one. Oh, no. This is just going to happen. This is a fact. I, like, this is not even a prediction. It's just going to happen. But if we're being honest, this is not that. Like, Andy Dalton throws for 4,300 passing yards. Not even that bold. That's This is telling. I mean, gonna... Here's the problem, Sean, with this prediction from Breach. He's telling on himself. He's telling on his man. He's ratting his man out to the whole world because everybody's like, Andy Dalton's had some great years. Andy Dalton's had like a ton of great success. Andy Dalton's never thrown for more than 4,293 passing yards, and that was back in 2013. Andy Dalton is, for instance, is terrible. My prediction. Like, my uh, trivia, I was going to ask you guys how many times do you think Dalton has thrown for more than 4,000 yards in his career? Well, twice. <laughs> well, I know. You just gave the answer away because you looked it up, but – Yes, that's the answer. See, I didn't know. Where, I didn't know it was that low. I thought is, it was actually more. I, 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 if we had a rundown, you know, we could plan <laughs> these things, and these things wouldn't be no, it's ruined. Still fun, Sean. It is still fun. Let me just uh, let me just throw this out here. Twelve thirty-seven p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Sean Wagner McGuff in Slack. I'll have mine, meaning his bowl predictions, done by one, but just before one. Then Sean at one twenty. I still beat Brinson to his at one twenty p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Rips me for not having a rundown on the podcast. You put yours in it. You there's a twenty minute stretch between you putting your bowl predictions in and you ripping me on the okay, podcast. Okay, okay, okay. And I, the listeners don't give a crap about this, but I just got to defend myself and say <laughs> I found out last night at eleven p.m. Eastern, maybe later, that we were doing this podcast. So it's not like I was given that much time to put together bold predictions. Literally, the first thing I did when I woke up was I made coffee and I sat down to do my bold predictions. Congratulations on all your success. Um, I will say I that uh, – So Andy Dalton's uh, played played 16 games in 2013 and threw for 4,293 yards. It's actually a pretty good season in, in 2013. I think the one that's more interesting um, is 2015 – when he was actually having like a borderline MVP caliber season, but didn't, wasn't piling up that many yards. His career high in yards per game is 268.3. He's only been over 253 times. Um, that this, this is a pretty bold prediction. This is a surprising, actually, no, it's not. It's not a bold prediction. Like he just has to throw for 4,300 passing yards. The, the one thing I'll say, I, and why it could happen is if the Bengals are terrible, which we all seem to think they will be, or maybe not breach, but if their defense is terrible, then he's just going to be forced to throw the ball a ton, and especially the second in garbage half of every situations. game, he's going to be slinging it. Yeah, he's going to be one of those guys that is like a sneaky good fantasy quarterback because he's going to have like zero points at halftime, and then he's going to Bortles his way to twenty points uh, in the second half. And so you know that's what, why uh, I could see twenty it points from a Bortles type quarterback is the same as twenty points from right. Patrick Mahomes. Um, all right, Sean, you're. Uh... I guess you're up. I mean, so do, do you? What do you think the likelihood of this Andy Dalton thing happening? I'm going to say it's like. Um, I don't know. Thirty percent, forty percent. I was going to say twenty-five percent. Well, on a scale of one to ten, boldness. How? How? What would you give? Uh, would you give? Or give, give him a grade. Give Breach a grade for his boldness in this Andy Dalton project, prediction. Let's. So the, the other, the person who's the next up on the clock will grade the previous bold prediction. So I'm grading like an A would be. That's a great. Like that's a super bold prediction. An A or is like, like a realistic bold prediction. Or if like, there's multiple ways to grade bold. Prediction. Yeah. yeah. Well, what I am think, I grading? Well, I think you have to take both factors into account right so like if it, if you were like Derek Carr is going to lead the Raiders to the Super Bowl 
It's like that's F. that's an F. You're you're David Carr. What are you doing? Get out of here. <laughs> um, David no. Carr jumped onto our podcast. He's wearing Breach's face right Did now. Did you see his his uh, Super Bowl pick? The Oakland Raiders. Yeah. I mean, this isn't even surprising at this yeah. point. He picked, did he pick like Derek Carr for MVP? Like his brother for that MVP? would be like <laughs> me picking the Bengals to win the Super Bowl and Dalton winning MVP, but that's just crazy. Right. It'd be like me continuing to pick the Chargers to win the Super Bowl. Is that, like, oh my God. Am I, Derek, I, mean, am I David yeah. Carr? <laughs> uh, no, but, um, yeah. So I think you, so like, for instance, if you're like, like, like for instance, uh, if I'm like Vance McDonald's going to catch 10 touchdowns this year. Which I'm not doing, but I kind of like. Like I think that's an A because it's, okay. it's it's bold. It is realistic. But you know, what I'm real, saying? yeah. There's a mix yeah. that it's it's not a cop out, and you're not doing something super obvious. It's bold enough, but yes. at the same time, you could see it happening. Yes. So in that case, I give breach an A. Because... Uh, I think it's a it's a B minus because it's not that bold. Brenton, your rule was the guy next grade. I know, but I'm, so I, know, I, know. I know. I like that. Count. I was Sean's grade count. I'm giving it an A Thank because I Thank think you. most people are down on the Bengals. They're not even considering this being a potential career year for Andy Dalton. I've been down on Zach Taylor this entire time because I think he hasn't done much of anything to prove that he's going to be a good head coach. And I think with A.J. Green out, I think suddenly it is really difficult. And the Bengals have had injuries up front already. Um, so I give it an A because I could see it happening in a garbage time manner. Um, but I'm with you, Brenton. I think it's like a 25, 30% chance it happens. Worth, we're noting that, uh, the, I can't believe Brenton has to grade my picks because Brenton's going to give me apps. Yeah. No, not. not. They're good he's predictions. He just um, wanted to give Breach a B minus there and I gave him an A. We're now operating on the same scale. Well, you should be operating on my scale. Um, well, we'll assume the Brenton scale is different from the other scale. It's like his drinking drunk scale. <laughs> like like a six on the Brinson drunk is like a ten, so like a C is an A for him. Right? Yeah. Like I'm usually or a, B minus is an A. We just established yeah, but it. I, B like, minus. Yeah. Like I'm usually like a three drunk when I do this podcast. Right now I'm a zero, and and last night I was like a seven or eight. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, the uh, I'm trying to find Andy Dalton's projections. For... I think we should move on. Okay, let's move on. Yeah, that's we, enough. We Andy Dalton. Like Twenty talk. minutes on the Andy. We Dalton. definitely hit our Bengals quota, and I'm the Bengals fan on the podcast. Like. No one wants to hear more than three minutes of Bengals talk outside of Cincinnati. That's a fair point. Uh, Andy Dalton's projections, just as you wanted to know, from Sportsline, 3,329 yards. Aye, aye, aye. All right, maybe I, I'm with you. All right, it's an A. If, if that's where we're at on Andy Dalton, like we're expecting 3,300 passing yards from him this year, 4,300 would be an extra, an extra grand would be pretty bold. So I'll give that to you. Sean, you're on the clock. Uh, Mitch Trubisky finishes with more touchdowns than Aaron Rodgers. Uh, look, it already almost happened last year. Trubisky had 27 total touchdowns, including three rushing. Rodgers had 27 total touchdowns, so they tied with two coming on the ground. I would say the reason why this qualifies as bold, because there's not a single person out there who thinks Mitch Trubisky is better than or equal to Aaron Rodgers. And that's not true at all. Aaron Rodgers is substantially better than Trubisky. They're not even in the same tier. They're probably multiple tiers apart. That said, I think Trubisky has a couple advantages. He's heading into year two. Of, of an offense. Um, if you look at the quotes that Matt Nagy has given this summer, quote, last year he learned this offense. Now he's trying to master it. I think we could see a big second-year jump. Aaron Rodgers is learning a new offense for the first time in his career, really. And so, and I think a lot of people have assumed just because Mike McCarthy is out and his antiquated offense is out that we're going to see Rodgers return to the form that he was in, you know, three or four seasons ago. I kind of think this is the new Aaron Rodgers. And I don't think it's entirely scheme dependent. I think there's been a lot, of, there's been a corner of the internet. It's the analytics corner. 
um, who have been talking about how Aaron Rodgers has kind of declined and he's not a great quarterback anymore. He's merely a good quarterback. And I subscribe to that belief. I think Trubisky finishes more total touchdowns than Aaron Rodgers. Not saying he's a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers, but I think he's in a better situation. Uh, okay. I'm going to give it a, uh, F. Uh, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm gonna, no, no, actually, I like this. I was gonna give it, I'm teetering on a B or a B plus. And the only reason you don't get an A for this is that I think that at the beginning of your, your statement, you noticed it almost happened last year. They had the same amount of touchdowns. So, yeah. like, so it wouldn't be shocking. Um, and, and then at the end, you were like, I'm not saying he's better, which is like, like the, those two qualifications are what knocked you down to a, a firm, solid B. But I, I do, couldn't live with that. But, good, yeah, but I do like what you did here because when you, when you frame it that way, like when I initially read it, when we, when you dropped it into our Slack, our Slack, our private Slack room that we have without Ryan, where we talk trash about Ryan, um, I was like, oh my God, what a homer pick. That's a ridiculous one. Um, he's not going to finish with more TDs than Aaron freaking Rodgers if Rodgers is healthy. Um, but, but the reality is that it's actually pretty likely to happen. Like there's a decent chance that it happens. Um, you know, if you look at Aaron Rodgers, so let's say Mitchell Trubisky has, uh, I mean, how many, let's see, Aaron Rodgers has, been over 27 total touchdowns three times in the last six years. So, I mean, he could go low. You know, he could, he could get hurt. Uh, he could, uh, he could have a, they could, he's on, had injury problems. Recently. They could lean on Aaron Jones. I mean, I, I like Trubisky. I think Trubisky's going to have a good year. And so I'm, I'm in on that. Uh, plus the run. Well, let me just jump in with the, uh, injury problems there is that. I think when people talk about Aaron Rodgers' regression, it's almost unfair to use he, – he tied Mitchell Trubisky last season, and he played the season on one leg. Yeah. Like, he literally injured his knee in the very first week against the Bears, had just junk going on in his knee. You and I, three of us, we would be on crutches crying. The dude played the whole entire NFL season and still tied Mitchell Trubisky. So with one leg tied behind his back, he did that. You look at the year before that, that was the collarbone year. The year before that, when he was healthy the whole year, he led the NFL in touchdown passes. So as long as Aaron Rodgers is healthy, and that is a big if because he hasn't proven he can do that over the past two years, he's going to wipe Mitchell Trubisky off okay. the face of the earth. So I was touchdowns. worried about my prediction not being bold enough. So Breach seems to think it's it's bold enough. And I'll, but and I'll, I'm not grading you, Sean. Will I don't know, is. But I'll say this, though. While they did tie last year, Trubisky actually sat out two full games. Ooh. So there's a bit of a disadvantage there. Ooh. Ooh. Was that the John Cena gift? Where he's like, ooh. Um, the uh, worth noting sports line projects Trubisky for 25 total touchdowns, 23 passing, and two rushing. And uh, Aaron Rodgers projected by sports line for 30 total touchdowns, which I think is fair. Uh, he's also projected for 4,380 passing yards, 28 uh, passing touchdowns, 274 rushing yards, and two touchdowns, whereas Trubisky projected for... 3,633 passing yards, 362 rushing yards. I think Trubisky's a good fantasy quarterback. In fact, I've drafted Aaron Rodgers twice so far in, in leagues and I'm, I rate it myself for doing it. I broke, I broke away from my don't draft quarterbacks in fantasy mantra and I drafted Aaron Rodgers early because I'm like, what if he bounces back and has a huge year? And now I'm worried he might not do that and I'm stuck with him. So I'm, I'm with you. I should have gone Mitchell Trubisky later. I'd feel a lot better about that. Let's go to my first bold prediction. Which will be, hmm. hmm, these are all very bold. I'm going to start out with the boring one. Ryan Tannehill and Ryan Griffin, who I'm assuming and hoping won't be cut by the Buccaneers. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> I'm not entirely are you certain. counting his XFL career in this one? Uh, I mean, is Ryan Griffin getting cut? Did he get cut and I didn't realize it? Surely not. 
Who else is who else is going to be? This got real quiet, real fast. Who else is going to be out there for for Tampa Bay that I'm missing? That they, I guess, I can go Gabbert. All right, I'll go. I'll go whatever combination of Blaine Gabbert, Ryan Griffin you want. So Ryan Tannehill slash Ryan Griffin, or Ryan Tannehill and Ryan Griffin slash Blaine Gabbert will attempt. Oh, I said more TDs. I'm going to say will attempt more passes than Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston. But so just say it the safe way. The backup quarterback for the Titans and the backup yeah. for the Buccaneers <laughs> will attempt more passes than the starters, the, the week one starters for the uh, this, Bucks and Titans. Jameis Winston and Mar- way more bold when you have the touchdowns. Okay. I'm not grading it, but now I'm let down. I'm disappointed. Okay. Well, fine. I'll go touchdowns. More time. I don't care. What if yeah. I, what if it's, what if it didn't happen? Who gives a crap? Um, <laughs> not me. I mean, like it'd be great if it does. The backup quarterbacks, neither Jameis Winston nor Marcus Merida will lead their team in passing touchdowns in 2019. Like How's that? That's uh, bold. I mean, and here's the thing. You look at the Tannehill Mariota situation in Tennessee and, that seems completely realistic. We could see Tannehill playing week five. If Mariota just chokes coming out the door and falls flat on his face, they start one and three. Mike Brable's got to think about putting him on the bench. Then, boom, you've got 12 games of Tannehill, and your prediction's already 90% of the way there. Um, uh, as long as – I don't know Jameis – if he stays south, I don't think Bruce Aarons is going to pull him any point, so he'd have to get injured. See, I, I think that people are sort of overselling this a little bit. Like, they can't sit Jameis Winston. You gotta find out what you have. Like, F that. If you're one in five and Jameis sucks, sit him and start playing Gabbard and just see what happens. Like, why can't, yeah. why can't you do that? I, I just, I don't understand why that's not an option. This- Jameis Winston has 22, 28, 19, and 19 passing touchdowns in his career. For a former first overall pick, that's abhorrent. I and mean, that is terrible. Marcus Mariota has a very nice 69 touchdowns for his career, but 19, 26, 13, and 11? You're telling me Ryan Tannehill can't throw 12 touchdown passes next year? And Please. By the way, preseason doesn't mean that much, but Tannehill actually looked pretty good so far in this, or I guess throughout the entire preseason. He went 25 or 36. That's a nice 69% of his passes being completed. Ah, 276 of, yards. A lot of 69 is, going on in, in Tennessee, huh? 7.7 yards per attempt. And a uh, 119.7 passer rating. I think there's a chance Ryan Tannehill is playing quarterback for the Titans this year, and it doesn't involve an injury to Marcus Mariota. Uh, for sure. I think the Titans come out and, and struggle. That that could easily happen. Jameis Winston projected to throw 27 passing touchdowns. Uh, suffice to say that um, Blaine Gabbert is not projected for as many, nor is Ryan Griffin. And I'm glad that I was like doing that. I was like, man, what if what if it's not Griffin? And then I look stupid. Um James, Marcus Mariota projected for 19 total t- passing touchdowns. I mean, the, the, the hard one here, I, I think the Ryan Tannehill, Marcus Mariota one, if I'd said, if I'd said Tannehill throws for more passing touchdowns than Mariota, you guys would be like, that's not bold. Like, like <laughs> he plays eight games and he throws more passing touchdowns. That's not bold. Um, so I think the, the Winston thing is the hard part here. I just believe that Bruce Arians won't sit here and let Jameis Winston torpedo his, his comeback out of retirement. And that at some point, if that team is bad, and they could be bad out of the gates. I mean, there's, they don't have any pass rush. Um, I, you know, we could see, uh, we could see that the offense struggle. Maybe Mike Evans is, I don't know, mad at Jameis Winston. I don't know. Um, I could see that this ends up being, uh, let's bench Jameis early. By the way, 49ers at Panthers, Giants at Rams at Saints, Panthers at home before their week seven bye. They could be 0 and 6. And at that point, you're benching Jameis Winston. You can't keep playing Jameis Winston if you're 0 and 6. And I think, Bruce Aarons is the kind of coach who he's talked about how Jameis needs to cut down on his really stupid mistakes, which has been the theme throughout his career. I don't think Bruce Aarons is the kind of coach who, if 
Jameis Winston is continually making the same dumb mistakes over and over again that he's just going to sit there and be like, oh, that's okay. Like, I feel like he's the kind of coach who's going to say this isn't acceptable and, and, and you're being benched. He, he doesn't really accept, um, bull crap. You know what I mean? Like, he is that kind of coach who's going to be like, you've had your chance. I've told you a thousand times, stop throwing that ball into triple coverage. You're done. Yep. All right, Breach, give me a grade. Your grade is a B. That's, only because. Yeah, B for bull crap. You switch the prediction uh, mid prediction. That's, that's fair. That's fair. So I'm, I, I got to knock you for that. That's fair. That's entirely fair. You should have given me a C to be perfectly honest. All right, uh, John, you're on the clock. Um, all right. My second prediction is that the Indianapolis Colts, I'm staying in the Midwest, staying in the Midwest, the Indianapolis Colts finish in the top two in the AFC South. Look, I think this whole division is trash. Uh, I think that they all will horrible in the preseason. We talked a little bit about that in our Friday podcast. Uh, you know, the Jags only scored 29 points in the entire preseason. The Texans offensive line is horrible. And I don't think Jacoby Brissett is that far of a step down from Luck. It is definitely a step down. I thought they were going to win 10 or 11 games with Luck. I think they can win eight or nine with Jacoby. And I think eight or nine games is going to get them in at least second place. Give me a grade. I got my grade. Give I me, got give my me, grade Give me a grade. Sean and I are texting independently about your grade. This is a big fat F. Yeah. Come on, man. This is you think weak. they're going to finish in the top half of a four-team division? <laughs> what are you doing? You just admitted the entire division stinks. The Colts could win seven games and finish in second place. Have you looked at the odds? I, I'm i saying – you're saying – I'm taking the way over. I'm saying that's easy. John. And if you got the Colts to win the division, boom. John, if you John. have the Colts to win the division, I would have given you probably a B or a B plus. I think there's a lot of people right now on the internet arguing that with Jacoby Brissett – the Colts are still the best team because they're the best team on both sides of the ball at every position group. No one and in Vegas thinks that. I guess they didn't get your memo, good. Sean. No. I guess they didn't get that, that memo from the internet. A couple of things, Breach. Uh, the Colts are four to one to win the division. That's not, I mean, like, like, it's, it's more, like. What are the other teams? Like, you gotta put that in perspective. Less than four to one. Well, if the Jags are two to one and the Texans are one to one, then four to one, that, they're a full. Texans are probably not one to one. I'm just saying you they're have like to plus put it in perspective. The four to one needs to be put in perspective. They're like plus one thirty, right? I mean, like all those teams are clumped together. They're all like nobody's a big favorite and nobody's a huge underdog. I mean, four to one is eh, whatever. I mean, like like East Carolina is less likely to beat NC State on Saturday, or I guess uh, you've lost me now. Well, I'm just saying, like East Carolina is like plus six hundred on the money line on Saturday. They were on Saturday. Hopefully that didn't happen because then. <laughs> but if hell. two teams are um, plus two hundred and the Colts are plus four hundred, that means odds makers feel that. The Jaguars and the Texans have twice as good a chance as the Colts to win the division. That's not really what that means. Look, Breach, if you were to say Colts are winning the division, I would I would even give you an A for that because I'm, I think there are a lot of people who think the Colts are still going to win the division. I'm going to I'm going to pick the Colts to win the division. Well, that's your, is that your bold prediction? Did no, I I, you saw you already had Colts down, so I didn't go with the Colts, and I was like, oh my god, he went top two. What a wiener. I was like, somebody's gonna murder him for this. Top two. Like, I, my bold prediction is that- Alright, I'm going to Brenton, I'm changing my prediction. The Colts win the AFC South. Okay, I'll give you a D a minus. D, no, D minus, cause he got shamed uh, into it. He got shamed into okay. it. Yeah, if we're all, okay, if we're grading his process, I yeah. mean, it still just might be an F. It's just, I mean, it's you just come just in here with a top, top two crap. Two. <laughs> Like top two. I, my bold prediction is that the Baltimore Ravens will finish with a defense in the top half of the NFL. It's like, what are you doing? Get out of here. This is ridiculous. Uh, top two of the division. I would also just like to point out that. Four team division. 
the Patriots will win plus or tie in the AFC East. <laughs> plus 400 is an implied odds of 20%. So that means odds makers are basically saying the Colts have a 20% chance of winning the division. Yeah, you said they're going to finish that's, top That's top pretty good two. in a four-team top division. Top <laughs> that's not good. That's horrible. But what are their odds to finish top two? That's what we need to know. This is ridiculous. All right, you got an F. <laughs> I should have started with that one. We were starting with our language. I like that you started with it. You thought the Andy Dalton one was more bold. I only five to come up with this prediction. All right, Sean, you're up. Um, it's funny because I'm definitely going full David Carr on this pod, on this episode, and I'm just going full Homer in all my five predictions just for full transparency. So I have Khalil Mack get into 20 sacks, which his career high is 15. Last year he had 12 in a injury, 12 and a half last year in an injury shortened season. He had an ankle injury. He also wasn't fully fit for week one. I don't know if you remember, but at halftime of that game, he was just gassed and he couldn't really run anymore. So this is why I think it could happen. Um, for one, he's just Glomack and he's always had that 20 sack potential. And two is that while I think going from Fangio to Pagano is a downgrade, I think the Bears defense is going to blitz a whole lot more. If you look at Pagano's defenses, according to Pro Football Focus, they blitz 25 to 30% of the time on passing plays. I know that's a lot more than Vic Fangio. There were times last year where Khalil Mack and Leonard Floyd were, were dropping into coverage, and everyone was like, what are you doing dropping Khalil Mack and Leonard Floyd into coverage? And he was doing this a lot when the Bears had big leads. And he was just – Vic Fangio always gets into his little shell, and he's willing to let a team dink and dunk their way downfield. I don't think Pagano is going to do that. I think you're going to see a lot more blitzes from the secondary, and I think that could potentially free up Mac, or at least lead, you know, if, if a slot cornerback is chasing down the quarterback, they could flush him into Mac, whereas Mac was the one doing the flushing last year. So I have Khalil Mac on for 20 sacks, and I think if that happens, he'll probably win Defensive Player of the Year, obviously. Hmm. Um, uh, give it a... What? His career high is 15. This is bold. He had 15 last year in like 13, 14 games. No, he had 12 and a half last year. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give you C plus. I just don't really. It's not like if you'd gone, if you'd gone, he's going to break the sack record. Maybe, maybe you yeah. get a little more juice, but it's but like it 20. You're predicting 20. one of the three best defensive players in football. It's like my Colts prediction. So it is. Get out of sack, how many times in NFL history has a guy gone for 20 sacks? Aaron Donald had 20 and a half last year. Would have been yeah, helpful information. Would have been helpful information for you. To have uh, utilized, I know in your how research. Many. Oh, how many is it? Why don't you guys guess? Uh, I don't want to guess. Why don't you just tell okay, us? Okay, it's happened twelve times in NFL history since they started tracking sacks. So twelve times in the last twenty years, thirty years, I guess. Yeah, I mean that's. So, I'm so, just saying. So it happens. So it happens. happens so, it happens, so it happens every other year. Is what you're saying. It happens every other year. And you picked one of the three best defensive players. I mean, C plus might have been too high. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's insane that he has 20 sacks. I hope that, um, he doesn't get 20 sacks because then Roquan Smith can't win defensive player of the year and I can't collect $2,600 on $25. Did I tell you about that? Did I tell you about that? We talked about that, right? Probably, uh, but we don't need to talk about it. I bet on Roquan Smith to win defensive player of the year. Well, I keep on predicting him. I did it in our predictions draft that he's going to do first team all pro. So. I saw that. Um, I wish that sacks, when you search for sacks, it didn't, in, uh, in pro football reference, it didn't take you to, oh, you know, I'm gonna stop, I'm gonna stop. What do you want to know about it? I will it? say I real quick that the Bears did sack Aaron Rodgers seven times last year in two games. So Bill Mack might get three of those sacks in week one. They play the Redskins, who don't have a left tackle right now. So he might get seven more of those sacks. And I mean, like, they have a schedule that sets up for racking up sacks. So this isn't 
crazy, but again, he's one of the three best defensive players in football. Brinson already handed out the grade. I don't need to go over that, but I do think Sean's <laughs> prediction is possible. It's happening. It's not bold enough. Possible, but not bold enough. Yeah, it was I like my Colts prediction. Yeah. I should have, you're right. I should have went with Breaks, Strahan's record, because that's only two and a half more sacks to tie it. Exactly. And well, the other that's thing too, the other thing too about the, about the sack totals, like we've seen, you know, I mean, this has happened, it happened twice in 2014, 20 sacks. Uh, Justin Houston and JJ Watt did it. Watt did it also in 2012 and then Donald last year. So it's not like it happens literally every other year, but you have so many dropbacks in the modern NFL game that you're just getting more looks at it. If you play 16 games, if, if Khalil Mack plays 16 games, I would say that it's reasonable chance that he gets a 20. Okay. Uh, you should have, you should have just gone with the, uh, I'm going to, I mean, it's too late, but just for the, Official record, I'll change it to he breaks or ties Strahan's record. Fantastic. Uh, you don't need <laughs> We've had three bold predictions. Mm-hmm. We've all been guilted into a change now. Yeah. Uh, okay, um, I guess that's my turn then. I will say that for my bold prediction, number two, Dalvin Cook finishes top 33 in the NFL in rushing yards. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> now Brent's just mocking us. Dalvin Cook leads the NFL in rushing yards. That's my bold prediction. I think it's a very good bold prediction. 20 to 1 odds in Vegas, as we noted on this podcast. RJ White and I both took it when RJ was out in Las Vegas. Um, I think you, and look, we, 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 I don't know if you heard the RJ show, but, um, he was like, I, we had been texting about taking it and then Dalvin Cook ripped off that 83 yard run and he was like, he looked at his friends. He was like, I'll be right back. I gotta go. And like sprinted <laughs> to like the counter to like do it before it dropped. Cause he'd already told me he'd gotten it in. Um, I just think it's, it's going to require obviously 16 games. Um, even I don't think if, you know, if he, if he's fully healthy for the whole season, but he sits out week 16, he probably won't get it. We've seen guys lose rushing titles uh, like that in recent years. Um, but I think when you look at what they added with Garrett Bradbury at center, the zone blocking scheme with Gary Kubiak, Bradbury operates in that really well. We saw that on that touchdown run. Dalvin Cook played in the zone blocking scheme his entire career in college. It's his favorite, it's his preferred scheme. One cut, he's great at it. Uh, and, and I think with the passing game that they can implement with Kubiak and, and Cousins, uh, working with Kevin Stefanski, have, being familiar with the system, having enough weapons in the passing game, uh, an impetus from Mike Zimmer to run the ball, that there's a reasonable chance, better than 20 to 1, that he can pull this off. But obviously it's a long shot. Predicting anybody to lead the league in rushing yards, passing yards, outside of Patrick Mahomes, um, and, and, and receiving yards is by nature a very, very bold prediction. And I wish... Indirectly took a shot at one of my upcoming. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say indirectly, but sure. I am going to give that prediction an A minus. Yeah, oh my, oh. That's such a crap. Minus. Uh, you got the A range, Brent. Are you complaining about that? Yeah, you know it's bold enough. You just don't want to give me. The, you don't want to. You don't reward well, me with the full A. I well, he's he's shown talent, and and you just said everything. Like, there's no way. It's not like you can go key in on Dalvin Cook if you're trying to stop the Vikings' offense. They have so many weapons, and he's averaged. 4.8 yards per carry in 2017, 4.6 in 2018. So over 4.5 both seasons. But the thing is, you already said it. Can he stay healthy? He's missed what? The first season he missed 12 games. Well, he, tore and AC, then he, missed, he, tore, he tore his ACL in the fourth week of the season. Right. So he has missed 17 games in two years. That's a full NFL season. So him staying healthy is the hugest yep. factor here. But the reason I love this, and, and you got good odds because this is because you have Zeke. You have Saquon Barkley. Like, there are guys that are going to probably get more carries, more touches. Uh, but, yeah, so I'm going to give this an A-. minus. Thank you. That's that's very nice of you. Uh, two quick points. One, um, through uh, three games of his rookie year, he was averaging 96 oh. yards per game. Um, 
if you don't count the game where he tore his ACL, he only had 13 carries in that fourth game. Um, through four games, he was averaging 88.5 yards per uh, per game. And if you look at Zeke Elliott's totals, and he's led the league in yards per game all three years of his career and led the league in rushing twice, um, he had 108.7, which is just ridiculous. I don't think the Cowboys will do that. Um, 98.3 and 95.6. So if they use Dalvin as much as they did those first three games, and if he is healthy, it's possible that he could get there. He'll, you know, he's going to need 1,400 plus yards. So I think you got to get that. You're going to need to average 90 yards a game to be in the discussion, but I think he can do it. Uh, and the Zeke Elliott contract thing is kind of huge for this, for purposes of this. Like if Zeke misses week one because of his contract issue, um, I think that you could say pretty safely rule him out of leading the league in rushing, although it's not, you know, not impossible. He could still pull it off. Any takes on that, Sean? Nope. Good. All right. Preach your turn. All right. My turn. I am going with the Oakland Raiders finish with the worst record in the NFL and earn the number one overall pick in the NFL draft yeah. for tw- next year. Well, uh, I know I'm not grading, but I'm just going to go ahead and, uh, I, I, did I miss that when I wrote the, when I wrote my thing? I think maybe you what did. What was yours? I, I, no, I no, no, we don't, we're not the Brinson yet. But here's what, all I'm going to say real quick okay. is that you look just at the really Raiders quickly, schedule. Just really quickly, John. No, just kidding. You look at the Raiders' schedule, and I don't like making predictions completely based off of schedule because there's a lot of factors. Uh, but it's literally one of the most brutal schedules ever conceived by the NFL. It's like somebody in the office must just hate that team, hate the entire franchise because – after they play the Broncos in week one, which I think is a toss-up, so they could win that game. But after that, they play the Chiefs in week two, and then that's when they go on their 49-day road trip where they don't play at all in Oakland. And on that road trip, they play the Vikings, the Colts, the Bears in London, the Packers, and the Texans. And all those games are away from Oakland. I think they could lose all of those. I think they go maybe 3-13. and 13. And uh, a little conspiracy theory for everyone, if they do get that top pick, the draft is in Las Vegas next year. Uh, and Las Vegas, a little, little. So, so I was actually gonna give a kind of low grade because I think it's a little bit too obvious because I I think a lot of people are down on the Raiders. However, Breach throwing in that conspiracy theory at the end is gonna elevate it. So I give him a B plus. Um, I was gonna I give him a I was gonna give him a low I was gonna give him a low grade, but that conspiracy theory moves it up to a B plus. I was gonna give him a B, but it moves it up to a B plus. Everybody well, loves to give him a C. Theory, I think it's a totally adequate bowl prediction. But I do think if you were to divide the NFL teams into tiers, I think you would have the Dolphins, uh Redskins, plug your ears breach, uh the Bengals in probably that bottom tier. But then I would say the Raiders are arguably in that same tier or they're in that neck in the next tier. So I think it's very conceivable that Wait, the, the Cardinals say, aren't in your bottom tier. They're by, with the Raiders by virtue of the Cardinals. Um, I'm just making when, sure I just, you can't have the Bengals in that tier and not the Cardinals. Yeah. I, yeah, 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 yeah you're, you gotta you're take, right. you gotta take all the teams with six wins, six projected wins or lower. And I think put them into that tier and the Cardinals dolphins, um, Redskins. Basically, Redskins, Bengals, all those teams qualify for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know how bold it is because I think they're already in contention, but I do think it's a little bit bold because I think the Dolphins and Plagueers, Bengals look so bad that I feel like they're the front runners for that top pick for sure. Um, so I, I, I give you a B plus because I like the conspiracy theory. I like the idea of them having the first pick in the draft in Vegas, selecting their new franchise quarterback 
Derek Carr's, you know, wandering around Las Vegas, not fully understanding that the Raiders have cut him. Uh, David Carr's still predicting Derek Carr to win MVP, even though he's not on an NFL team. So. And then also whoever the Raiders, and, and that is going along with conspiracy theories, exactly what Sean said. Because if the Raiders go three and thirteen, John Gruden is absolutely dumping Derek Carr. There's no way he's moving ahead with him. And then not only does he get to draft his new quarterback, but Derek Carr has to sell his house next door to John Gruden to that new quarterback to add to this conspiracy theory. It is going to happen. I guarantee it. And to, uh, I think to that point, agrees. Um, Derek Carr in 2020 has a cap hit of 21.5 million, dead cap hit of only 5 million. Funny, so I've been, 16 and a half million by five, is, Derek. This is the drum I've been banging. This is what got me yeah, blocked yeah. by the Carr We've family. We talked about this week one last year. Do you think the Carr family? Do you think the Carr family will unblock you after he gets cut and it proves that you are right? What's going to really suck is when like he's out of, he's out of work and like, or like David Carr gets let go by the NFL network and joins like ACBS Sports HQ and it's like, hi David. Well, this is fun. Yeah. Nice. Good. Yeah. They're like, all right, Richard, you're podcasting with Carr twice a week. It's like, oh God. Or if um, you survived the Mike Glennon incident of 2018, I think you'd be okay. Incident. I was always said Glennon was a giraffe with a shotgun. That's what I, I photoshopped a shotgun on a draft. Yeah, but then why would you feel bad about being correct about Sean and Ryan are little potsters. Um, by the way, it was literally the first thing you Google if you did Will Brinson. Um, the only was it Mike Mike it's, it's unfortunate that Akbar uh, Bijamila, um, who's the uh, host of American Ninja Warrior as well, one of my son's favorite shows, also picked the Raiders to win the Super Bowl because it would have been a lot better if there was just one vote for the Raiders to win the Super Bowl, and it was David Carr. And I love it when he writes this up. He's like, Raiders over Falcons. All of John Gruden's moves pay off when his offense outperforms Matt Ryan's crew. The Raiders bring back a championship to Oakland in their farewell season. Like, you just write your brother's name down. Like, we, we, we know, we see your name right there, okay? It says David Carr. We see it. You can write Derek Carr. We know you're his brother. No one is being tricked by this. You wrote the Falcons quarterback in there and didn't write your own brother in there. What, what are you doing? This makes no sense. Or alternately, just pick somebody else. You don't have to pick the Raiders to win a championship. If the Raiders win a championship, it'll be awesome for you because your brother will win a title and you can celebrate it. So stop picking him to win everything. Sorry. I don't know why I went off of that. That was a great diatribe. I, it's going to get back to David Carr. I can't wait until he unblocks you just so we can tweet one thing at you and then re-block you. Yeah. Be the greatest day of Brinson's life. I realized that when Brinson rants like that, you know who he kind of sounds like? Charlie Day. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what, like, the, you know that, yeah. um, you know that, uh, from Always Sunny, for those that don't know, the, um, Brady Quinn, Brady Quinn's already always made fun of it. He's like, has he? Hey, okay. like, yeah, like, you remind around. me, there's like a scene in Horrible Bosses where he's like doing something when he's on drugs, and that, that rant you just went on reminded me of that. Um, is it trying, my turn? Yeah, I was trying to look to see where the, uh, David Carr tweeted, like, he quote tweeted me and was like, Tagged at CBS, like complaining that I was like, to, he's like, this guy is a blue check mark and thinks he knows what he's talking about. And an obvious screen pass at CBS. It's like, by the way, can we, can I go on a quick tangent? Do whatever you want. Yesterday I oh, wait. tweeted. Yeah, go ahead. Jeff. On Thursday, sorry. On Thursday I tweeted something about Matt Bryant and I was being super sarcastic and it was about Carly Lloyd. Um, and Matt Bryant's wife saw my tweet. It's a good tangent. Did not know I was being sarcastic. And proceeded to start, uh, not yelling at me, but kind of tweeting at me. And she was trying to explain to me how kickers don't need a tackle after field goals, which I know because I was being sarcastic about how kickers don't need a tackle. 
Um, so that was a, a fun twist on Thursday when I had to explain to Matt Bryant's wife that I was in fact being sarcastic and I was not taking a shot at 44 year old five foot nine Matt Bryant. Matt Bryant is five foot nine and 43 years old. How will he be able to make all the tackles that kickers are required to make all the tackles? Like, and she, and she, she, she de- looks like she deleted her tweet and was like apologizing. So that's at least yeah. a good human. Yeah, no, I, I wasn't, uh, she wasn't like hostile towards me, but I was like, this is like the one person who didn't need to like miss the sarcasm was Matt Bryant's wife. And that was the one person who didn't get the sarcasm. Is it possible? That, is on it- that tangent, I'm going to go just say real quick that, cause I didn't tweet anything about the Carly Lloyd thing. Like my dad was five foot six, 155 pounds. I think the fourth shortest player in NFL history. Was he really? I didn't realize that. And lasted 14 years. Like the fact that this whole tackling thing came up blew my mind because it was so dumb. The only three things that are going to matter is if she can shorten her steps, what that's something she'll practice. And if she loses distance, she'll know right away that she can't cut it. Like she'll just know. Cause like she did kind of a kickoff run when she kicked right. that 55 yard or can you do it with a two or three step? Number two is wearing pads because that's the other thing. If you're not used to it, it kind of messes with your form. Uh, you can lose distance and the helmet is something that a lot of people just don't get comfortable with. That's why we saw the single bars because you can see all the way out and the sweet spot's so small that you got to hit it. And if the face mask gets in your way, so blah, blah, blah. Pads can mess you up. And number three is not the tackling, but the idea that people are like trying to come kill you as you're kicking it and you have to phase all that out. So yeah. And this the is tackling why is thing. worthless. That's like the, the yeah. 99 problems and tackling is not one. So, um, just some interesting things about my Brian. Did you know, do you know how many kids they have? Seven. Seven. How did you know that, Breach? Because it's a kickers it's a kicker. just have giant Fun families, man. I got five brothers and sisters. So yeah. all kickers do is kick and reproduce. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like, oh, we, <laughs> I, I thought it was going to be a different word. Uh, that would have been like, <laughs> I'm not trying to get fired. You just said that. I would have bleeped it out. Um, actually, tragically, they did, they had a, a child who, who died back in 2008, but an amazing like story. He, I didn't realize this. I was just looking at his Wikipedia. Um, he came back and kicked three field goals to beat the Packers. Uh, the day after his son's funeral in 2008, and they uh, they now establish a foundation to raise money for sudden infant death syndrome, which is a really cool thing that they do. And um, this is another bizarre thing about Matt Bryant, um, two bizarre things. If you look at his personal life on Wikipedia, Bryant drinks a chocolate milkshake on the night before each of his football games. He is also known for squeezing his size 10.5 foot into a size 9 kicking shoe for games, believing that curling his foot to strike the ball in the same way that someone makes a fist with his hand before punching increases his distance and accuracy. That's crazy. My dad wore a size 8 out of football, wore a size 5. What? No joke. You, I think you probably Google that fact. It's insane. It's insane what kickers do. That's, 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 a, that's a fun. That's a fun fact. Uh, that is that is a fun fact. Uh, fun fact. We have to. We are this podcast. Is I was going to say this, this podcast is, is going to be two hours. I, we turned into a kicker. All right, Sean, you're up. No, 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 we, no, 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 no. We have to take a quick break and then we'll be right <laughs> back to finish our bowl predictions. Y'all new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, 
taking the entire family on an adventurous trip. Maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid. I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Okay, there's nothing that the Debo loves more than a break 43 minutes into a podcast. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, do you even look at the time? What is wrong with you? And EK's yelling at me. He's like, you're Googling stats on a podcast. I hate you. It's fine. It's Labor Day. You you're got Googling time. kicker stats. Um, oh, I, I Googled John Breach shoe size accidentally. Anyway, uh, let's, uh, let's, um, you want me to go? Yeah, let's move on. Um, so I already got shamed before we recorded this to change it. So thankfully I did that before we started recording. Originally, it was going to be the Packers finished below 500, but you guys didn't think that was quite bold enough. I disagree. So I'm going with Matt LaFleur. Doesn't last a full season. He is one of the first coaches fired in whoa, December. Whoa, So let me, let me, let me give you my argument. I don't think the Packers are going to be that good. I mean, and I think a lot of the projection with them taking the leap, they were seven and nine, seven and nine last year. Um, six, nine and one. So, so six, just, just to one. be clear, you think he'll be fired before the end of the season? Yeah. And you think, think it's be one of the first coaches I told fired. you this is my, these are my David Carr Homer poll predictions. I, 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 I we have gotten three straight things. NFC North predictions from Sean. Yeah, I know. We got Mitchell Trubisky and, just and beating up Aaron Rodgers, Cleo Mack murdering Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> and Matt LaFleur getting fired because Aaron Rodgers this is, is getting murdered by this Cleo is, Mack. This is, this is, Sean, this is the equivalent of like David Carr writing on NFL.com that like, he's like, and then, after winning the Super Bowl, Derek f- puts on his cape and flies to Florida and shoots a hurricane with a nuclear warhead and saves America. Like this Again, is like this is like this is the equivalent of that. I was going to have Packers finish below 500, which I think is totally reasonable and not a homer pick. And then Brinson shamed all of my bold predictions in Slack by saying half of these things happened last year. So then I decided to go full bold. And look, maybe I went too full bold, but you know what? I'm trying out here. And this <laughs> is what I'm just going to say is that hold on, it's hold not on. even necessarily about. Hold on. I'm going to give you an A+. Plus. This is a great bold prediction. This is a great <laughs> bold prediction because not only – would it be insane if the Packers fired Matt LaFleur halfway through the season or three-quarters of the way through the season or whatever it is? But I think if he and Aaron Rodgers aren't getting along and the offense stinks and everybody's pointing at Mitchell Trubisky and going, look how many more touchdowns he has than this guy we got, then all of it, like there's going to be a blow-up and Mark Murphy might have to admit his mistakes. So I'll give you an A-plus for this. And this is so, if and Matt LaFleur so gets fired before December, I will get a Matt LaFleur tattoo. On my oh. back, because there is no chance. But it has to be a, I, it has to be a tattoo of Matt Lafleur being shot out of a cannon, being but lit, also being since I kind of look like him, since I kind of look like him, people will just think it's me. You got a tattoo? That's probably worse. They'll think it's really. Vain. Think I'm really vain. Which super friend would be most likely to get a tattoo of themselves? You don't have to answer. We know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, real quick, it's not just about the concern about the Ryan, offense, which Ryan, I think. Obviously. Which I think there should be concerns about the offense. Matt LaFleur has called plays once in his NFL career, which was last year. 
with the Titans, 25th in yards, 27th in points, 22nd in DVOA. Yes, I know they had a banged-up quarterback situation. Um, but it's not just about the concerns on the offense, because I don't – look, I talked about the Aaron Rodgers, Mitchell Trubisky um, prediction. I think Rodgers is kind of on the decline already, um, and it's not just about McCarthy, so I don't think LeFleur is going to magically solve that. I'm concerned about their defense. It seems like every single person is talking about this defense as a defense that's going to make the leap. I'm not convinced it's going to happen. I don't think people realize how bad their defense was last year. If I had to say, what would you set their DVOA last year defensively? Um, if you had to guess off the top of your head. The Packers was their ranking defensively? Yeah, 20, 25. Yeah, I would guess. The tw- 29. Yeah, they're bad. They were horrendous. And look, they have a lot of young, intriguing pieces. They sign a lot of guys in free agency. But it seems like everyone is penciling this Packers defense in already as really good just because they added a lot of bodies. We don't know how these bodies are going to mesh. Um, we haven't seen them make the leap yet. They've got a lot of intriguing young talent, but that doesn't mean all the intriguing young talent works out and actually fulfills their potential. We see this all the time. Um, so and they play in a tough division. I think it's not in- inconceivable to say the Bears might beat them twice. That's two losses right there. The Vikings could beat them twice. So I have LaFleur getting fired in December. I wanted to fin- just do Packers finish below 500, but I'm boldening it up saying LaFleur and Rodgers uh, don't mesh. It goes south. Um, it's revealed that maybe Mike McCarthy wasn't, you know, the only problem in Green Bay the last couple of seasons. Maybe it has something to do with Aaron Rodgers. But if it does have something to do with Aaron Rodgers, what do you do if you're the Packers? Hire, well, then when when I said this a couple months ago, my nightmare is then the 49ers stink, Kyle Shanahan gets fired, and then the Packers go out and hire Kyle Shanahan, and that actually will turn into a dynamite duo. But like, how many coaches would you let Aaron Rodgers get fired before you decide that maybe you need to get rid of him? Four? <laughs> I think Three? if if LaFleur were, were to seriously get fired this year, which probably won't happen, it's a bold prediction, and a new coach came in and he got fired again after one year, then at that point it's like maybe you, you know, maybe you hit reset on everything. Sean, this is such a fever dream for you. It's like Aaron Rodgers murders the Packers' chances of surviving. Um, okay, let's uh, move on. A-plus for Sean. Sean's face, I should have captured it. I'm sorry to everybody who can't see this. By the way, we'll have video shows soon enough. Hopefully next week. Sean's face, when he was, when he, when he saw me say the words A plus was, it was worth it all. He's like, it's like I got my dad's approval. Yeah, it really was. I was like, thank you, Brinson. Also, uh, Sean wears a tank top every day and I am going to tweet out a picture of Sean in his tank top. So make sure to uh, check out my Twitter page. <laughs> yeah. Um, now no one's going to your Twitter page. No, everybody, they want to see your tank top, man. Yeah, they're probably thinking, "Is this a running joke? Does this kid actually wear tank tops?" They're going to look at it and they're going to tank tops. They're going to look at it and they're going to say, "What's the big deal?" You can see the top of my shoulders. It's not like I'm like zoomed in on my arms. All right, Um, let's move on. Let's move on. (laughs) We fit our tank top talk quota for the day. All right, this is a pretty bold one, but I don't think it's that crazy. I don't even believe it, so that might hurt my cause a little bit. But I'm going to say that the Rams and Chiefs both miss. The playoffs in 2019. I, just my argument is pretty simple. Um, regression. Uh, I think when you look at the Chiefs, that Patrick Mahomes is due to regress. Uh, 50 touchdowns and 5,000 passing yards doesn't happen. Has never happened in back-to-back seasons. Uh, only a fool, a, a moron, 
an incompetent loser would suggest it's going to happen again this year. Um, I believe that uh, the Chiefs could, I don't know, like this Tyreek Hill thing, something ain't stirring the Kool-Aid with it. I think it could still go south, potentially. I'm not sure they have a great running game. I mean, Damian Williams hasn't done it over the course of a full season. Um, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure they're going to cut Carlos Hyde and Darwin Thompson, or they actually, because this Monday show, they probably did cut Carlos Hyde, hopefully for my sake. And Darwin Thompson I like as a sleeper at fantasy, but I just don't know if he's a feature back. So I, I just think that we can see the Chiefs offense take a slight step back. I don't think the defense is there to take a step forward. The schedule's harder. They're not sneaking up on anybody. Uh, and then with the Rams, I feel much more comfortable with that, uh, the, the reigning NFC champs. Not that, not that they're going to fall apart. And Sean McVay's a great coach. Andy Reid is too. But the Rams uh, lost a bunch of offensive linemen. Todd Gurley's all banged up. I don't think they know what they want to do with the running game. Um, Jared Goff didn't play well down the stretch. And as good as Aaron Donald is, I think we could see the defense start to slip a little bit in 2019. I will grade that pick a B plus. Hmm, thank you. Probably an A if I didn't say I don't believe it, right? If you didn't contradict your own <laughs> prediction, I was honestly, when I saw it, I was like, this is a fantastic prediction. Yeah. If he convinces me that it's possible, I'm giving him an A+. Plus. But then you contradicted yourself and said you didn't believe it when you should believe it. Uh, and I don't think it's crazy to think that one of these teams does miss the playoffs. I don't think both of them will. But the fact that you're bringing both teams into it, I, if I had to vote for one, I would say the Rams. Because, I mean, you look at, they come out of the gate, Against the Panthers in Charlotte, one of those dreaded Eastern time zone games that kicks off at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Then they have New Orleans. Everyone in New Orleans wants to kill the Rams. Like, it's just going to be – I wouldn't even want to play that game on the Rams. The Saints should be so upset. Of course, maybe they'll lose because of that. And then they have to go to Cleveland and play a primetime game against the Browns. And, like, Cleveland is just going to be crazy – because they never get to host big primetime games against the defending NFC champion. So, I mean, you can make argument the Rams are 0-3. Uh, so, Brenton, I like the prediction, even though I don't – I think at most 50% of it comes true. Yeah. You know what makes this prediction even bolder? Is that he's on the record now, last week's podcast, saying the Chargers aren't going to make the playoffs. Which means, by virtue of predicting <laughs> what's, the Chiefs what's he left and with? Chargers missing the playoffs – He's predicting the Broncos aren't just going to make the playoffs, which I know he wants to do. He's predicting the Broncos are going to win the AFC West because he's not picking the Raiders. We know that. So that's what makes this even bolder is that he doesn't think the Chargers, which you can make a case, the Chargers are going to replace the Chiefs in the AFC West. That's fine. They tied last year. But to say the Broncos are going to surpass both of those teams, that's bold. Mm, Pretty bold. Uh, I'm worried about the Chargers. Uh, the, 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 again, the, the part of this concerns me is the Chiefs, not the Chargers, not the, not the, not the Rams. I think the Rams can easily miss the playoffs. I, I'm scared because Andy Reid has done a great job in his time in Kansas City. It would be a big, big shocker if the Chiefs were terrible this year. A lot of people are picking them to win the Super Bowl. I assume, uh, and we can get to that in a minute. Um, but like, if you look at that NFL.com article where they like ranked, like they put all, everybody's predictions together and they, but they did it by votes. It really tells you, you can get a good temperature of like the league, I think, and, and where people are sort of, or where people stand because because um, they're all in on you – know, everybody's in on the Chiefs. I don't blame them. They were great last year. It would be a, Again, it would be a huge shock. Uh, the Chargers declining hurts my case, but I, you know, I'm going to be bold. It's a bold prediction show. Yeah, you're picking against two of the best coaches in football, which is why I think it won't happen. Right. Probably, but, probably won't. Uh, I'm, not sta- I'm, not put, I'm not planting my flag on this one and, like, you know, peacocking around talking about it. I just think it's a bold prediction for this show. Uh, so, Breach, your turn. Right. I got a prediction. I am going to plant my flag in and peacock around. My next prediction. I came here to is, kick and peacock. Is that the Chicago Bears miss the playoffs. Suck it, Sean. Season's over before it starts. 
We've talked about the regression all summer. I think the Vikings are going to be better. I think the Packers are going to be better. And uh, you're not going to have anything to watch in January. You're just going to have to go in your little cave and hibernate like a true bear. <laughs> uh, oh, wow, this is a tough one for me to grade. I mean, I think this is an, an A-minus bold prediction because I think it's likely. The only problem is that it's a little bit too obvious because I think we've spent this entire offseason off talking about how the Bears are going to regress. Everyone knows they're going to regress. So maybe, okay, I give you a B. Uh, I give you a B because I don't think it's quite bold enough, but I do think it's incredibly likely. Now, I'm going to be picking the Bears to win the division, um, but I won't be surprised if the Bears go 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7 and seven and the Vikings. I think the Vikings are kind of one of those Super Bowl sleeper teams that should be talked about as a potential Super Bowl contender that oh my no God, one is don't even say mentioning. It. Oh, I knew you were going to say it. No one's even mentioning, and I'm putting together the Super Bowl pick story. I can tell you that people are mentioning them. Are they? The story okay. is published on Wednesday, the day before the season starts. Okay. And I will just say that some unnamed people are on the uh, Super Bowl train in Minnesota. So I give you. I you give have to you wait till a, Wednesday to find out. I give you a solid B. I think it's a little bit too obvious because anyone. We've spent the last six a B months. B as in like Bears about. aren't making the playoffs. <laughs> but that, I mean, we, I, we've, I talked about, we've talked about we've talked about regression and going yeah. back to ten and six is regressing. Nine and seven, you could still get right. in the playoffs with those exactly. records. So I'm I, yeah, I think eight and eight. Nine and seven tops. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think it's, I'm on the Bears. I'm on the Bears regressing too, obviously. So I wonder if it's almost like, uh, we're in this bubble, like a Bears bubble. Um, and, uh, and may, maybe like it's, is it, like it's not obvious to everybody else? So like, I don't know. Like I was going to, I was going to bang breach a little bit and be like, eh, that's a B minus. Like everybody thinks the Bears are going to miss the playoffs, but I mean, they did win like 12 games last year. So maybe, I mean, maybe we're 11 yeah. games or whatever it is. And if my, you my, look out for predictions, a lot of people are going the genre and do, they do have the Bears back in the playoffs. So I don't think as much as we've been talking about it and we've kind of been sucked in that that's what everyone's predicting, but I don't think it is. I think most people actually think Chicago's going to be back in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. My whole argument is what Breach kind of mentioned. I think they'll regress. I don't think their, their defense will be quite as good and get quite as many takeaways and defensive touchdowns that they did last year, but I think there's room to regress and still win, you know, obviously 10 games and the division because Look, the Packers are firing Matt LaFleur right away. Um, and mm-hmm. I still think Vikings first Bears twice a year is such a bad mismatch for the Vikings that, I mean, you guys remember week 17 where the Vikings had everything to play for and the Bears had nothing to play for and they couldn't do anything on offense because they just couldn't block the Bears defensive front. Um, your turn, Sean. We should probably um, pace. Is, I love, we just, people are like, I don't think, like, I think the only people who want us to, like, do shorter shows are, like, bosses. Like, I don't mind talking to you guys for an hour and a half. I mean, not that we're planning on doing that, but, like, I, I don't mind when the shows go longer. If you have a problem with it, tweet us and we'll try and tighten it up. I mean, it's up. not like we're reviewing Game of Thrones or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like, you know, we're there's been very football, yeah. little tangents, I feel like, and they've all been football related. It's all been Derek Carr shots. Yeah. I do apologize for Googling 20 and seconds. And kicker tangents, which are my favorite. Yeah. I don't, I do apologize for Googling 20 sack seasons. I do not apologize for Googling Matt, uh, Matt Bryant. So my second one and your, or sorry, my fourth one. And Brenton's going to say this isn't bold, but before he gives me an F, allow me to fully explain. Patrick Mahomes is going to throw for 50 touchdowns at 5,000 yards again. Now Brenton's going to say, you just predicted that, you know, something already happened last year. That's true. However, it's only been done twice in NFL history. One was Mahomes last year. One was Peyton Manning with the Broncos. 
Furthermore, only two quarterbacks in NFL history have thrown for 4,500 yards and 35-plus touchdowns in consecutive seasons. We're talking about regression. Everyone seems to think Patrick Mahomes is going to regress. No one seems to think Patrick Mahomes is going to be bad. But the idea that he's going to throw for 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards in a second straight season when it's only happened twice in NFL history, I think qualifies as bold. I think it can happen because I think he can stave off regression for a couple of reasons. One, I think we kind of overlooked the fact that last year was his first year as a starter and his second year in the Andy Reid offense. So I think Mm -hmm. if you go into your third year, you know, there could be a little bit more of a mastery with the system. I think they upgraded at the skill positions um, you know, not including, you know, the Kareem, going down from Kareem Hunt to Damian Williams. But I think you add, you know, Hardman, you had Darwin Thompson. I think there's a lot more toys for Andy Reid to play with. And the key, of course, is Andy Reid. I don't think, I think Patrick Mahomes might throw more interceptions this year. We've talked about that a lot. He was first in adjusted interception rate. But I think his touchdowns and, and yards are going to remain consistent. Key in this is, I don't think the Chiefs defense is going to improve at all which means I think they're going to need Mahomes to throw the ball around for a full four quarters. They can't really sit on modest leads in Kansas City. That's uh, that's fair. So, look, I don't want to hear it's January 1st, 2020, and Patrick Mahomes has 5,001 passing yards and 48 touchdowns. I don't want to hear you saying he did it again because he didn't. I want 5,050. I don't want any crap where it's close wait, wait, and you try and claim it. Over 50 is fine. 50 or I'm more. Not, yeah, I'm not yeah. pulling it to beak here by saying exactly. No, no, not 50 on the number. That'd be insane. That'd be more ridiculous than predicting the Raiders would win 12 games. Um, no, I'm saying it's got to be 5,000 or more yeah. and 50 or more. Because if you look at Peyton Manning in 2013, when he was better than Andrew Luck in 2013, just want to point that out, um, that he, uh, he threw for 5,477 passing yards and 55 touchdowns. He followed it back up in 2014 with... 4,727 passing yards and 39 touchdowns. Those are actually better numbers than he had in 2012 with Denver in terms of pure statistical production. We obviously saw that his arm was going uh, down the stretch of that season. So I could see you could make a case that maybe like because Mahomes is young and healthy that, that uh, he will, you know, he, he won't have that sort of uh, uh, trail off the way that Manning did at the end of the year. Uh, on the other hand, I mean, like, there's, I think there's an interesting situation with this Chiefs, the, the way this Chiefs schedule sets up because they're at the Jaguars. I don't think he's going to come out and throw for 500 passing yards out of the gate. I think, I think he'll struggle a little bit against the Jaguars. They're at the Raiders in week two. And I almost think that they could pile up a big lead and he could run the ball a bunch and the Raiders, and he just might not throw it. I mean, like I'm saying, if you look at their schedule, it's a bunch of hard defenses and then some teams where they could potentially get a lead like the Raiders. They've got, God, they've got to play the, at the Patriots, at the Bears. I mean, he tore up the Patriots. I know, I know, I know, the Patriots is probably a bad example. He could put up big, but, yeah. but actually he didn't have good numbers in the first half at Arrowhead. I mean, at, yeah, at, at, but at, he, by the end of the game, he, he did. Sure. Playing good teams could be a good thing because look, he plays the Packers. You mentioned the Patriots. If, but, if, but they, Matt, get, Matt if LaFleur, they get the shootouts, Matt LaFleur will be the fired then anyway. It doesn't matter. If we get a, a Broncos-Cowboys game from 2013, that 52-49 thing where both quarterbacks are thrown for over 400 yards and Mahomes plays in a couple of those games, he's going to get there easy. Well, they already had the Rams-Chiefs game from last year. That's the kind of game that, you yeah, know, against yeah. the teams, every game should be kind of like that for them because their defense is not going to be better. But then they also do play the Bears in uh, Week 16, Sean. That means your thing could come well, down by, to well, by him dicing will... up the Bears. The Bears, by that point, will have clinched the division. They'll so have been eliminated by the playoffs. <laughs> And it'll be the worst Christmas ever for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's funny because 
you can tell all of us, all of our Bengal bashing, and I feel like I've spearheaded it, has kind of added up, and now Breach is ready to take it out on me. As soon as your 12 and 14 fails uh, to make the playoffs, I got everything planned. I mean, I also We're going to have a whole podcast on it. I mean, I also think you can look at, like, the other thing that, like, even if you don't want to get, get into the whole passing yards and, and passing touchdowns thing, his touchdown percentage of 8.3. That's only been done 14 times ever in the history of football. Marino in 84. I mean, YA Tittle did it a couple of times in the 60s. Unitas in 59. Blanda 61. Kurt Warner did it in 99. Couldn't follow it up in 2000. You've never seen a quarterback do that two years in a row, which I think is, makes the specific number threshold to hit very difficult, even if Mahomes won't, you know, quote unquote, like he can have an incredible season and be just as yeah. good with worse numbers. And it's just, that's not, we, we, people get caught up in the word regression. We're not saying this team's going to suck or this guy's going to suck. It's just that he's not going to produce at the exact clip because it's just hard to do. Uh, so I will give you, I'm going to give you a C plus because what you just said, you just described right there why it's so bold. It's Sean, you don't argue against the professor. I, I mean, grade. I did. I mean, maybe uh, it's not, it's not the, I mean, it's just, a, it's a, it's, it's just annoying. Like he's not going to do it. Like you're a stat nerd. You're like, he's going to defy the odds statistically. Because, because this just sounds corny. History says Patrick Mahomes will regress. History has never seen anything like Patrick Mahomes. That's why I'm giving you a C plus because that sounds so cheeseball. Uh, by the way, projections from Sportsline. 4,927 passing yards, 39 touchdowns. Great season, not 50-50. So, uh, my turn. We only have 12 more of these each left, so that's good. We're, 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 we're right By the time we're done, all the cuts will be done, and then we can decide if we're doing a podcast. So I'm actually going to skip. I'm, I'm not going to skip, but I'm just going to lob this one out there. It's on my list, but I'm going to breeze through it quickly. I'm going to say the Raiders won't win a single game. Because it's if it's right in with Breach's bold prediction, you don't even have to grade me on it. I'm just letting you know that was well, my grade thing. it. Grade it real quick. We don't have to discuss it, but we got to grade it. I, I'm actually going to give that, and I know Brenton almost took that off the podcast. It wasn't even going to mention it after my prediction, but I'm glad he did because I'm going to give it an A. Thank you. That's taking my bold prediction to the next level. And I mean, if the Raiders go 0 and 16, can you imagine just the circus that team is going to turn into? Like, yeah. if you're if you had frostbitten feet. And before you even showed up for training camp, what are you going to do when Derek Carr's not throwing your ball? You guys aren't winning. Uh, John Gruden starting Nathan Peterman because he's so sick and tired of Derek Carr. I mean, this thing would just turn into probably the most entertaining football season of all time. So I kind of hope it happens. Their schedule is so freaking hard. They open up. Did, we, did you already break down their entire schedule, John? I don't want to do the whole thing. No, I yeah, just did. I did, the, I, did I did the first eight weeks. So right. The Broncos game through uh, the Texans that game. game against the Texans game. Yeah, I mean, I see like two. I mean, I'm not saying this is likely to happen. It's very unlikely. I would if you get like, what are the odds you think on a team going uh, a team going winless? We need to find out what those odds are because I bet it's like fifty to one, right? Oh, at least, at least. I don't. know. I think it's, it's not that high. Too bad. I bet on it, but like. They got the Bengals at home. That's a chance to win. And they can certainly beat the Broncos in week one on Monday Night Football. That's not out of the question at all. Um, they also get the Lions at home in week nine. The Bengals game is week 11. Um, and it's, it's part of a three game home stretch with the Chargers sandwiched in between. I just look, I mean, like there's only like three or four ops to get a win here, I think. And, and you better, you better get one early and you better try and steal one from somebody. I just, I just think, I don't think this is a good football team and I don't think they're going to win a lot of games. So, uh, I am going to take the under in a big way. And let me throw on, uh, Brenton asking what the odds are. The odds of a team going 0 and 16 this season, 160 to 1. Is it really? 
Yeah, so you put $100 on that, Brinson. You're $1,600 richer if your uh, prediction comes through. Well, you put $10 on it. I'm going to try and find a place to do that. Do that. Let's everybody, everybody listen to this podcast. Let's do it. And let's see if we can, uh, fade the, fade the Raiders. All right, Breach. Uh, I'll get my last one, then you guys can wrap it up. I'm going to say that Big Ben Roethlisberger wins MVP. Covered it, uh, pretty regularly on here. But I, I believe that the power of narrative is a big factor when it comes to the MVP award. And if Ben Roethlisberger has a great season and throws for between 4,500 and 5,000 passing yards or more, I mean, he led the league in passing last year, not Patrick Mahomes. Um, and, and, and he throws for 30 plus touchdowns, which is easily doable. Um, that people out there currently think that Big Ben is not going to have a great season. And when he does it and he doesn't have Antonio Brown, he doesn't have Le'Veon Bell, we're going to start talking about the true value of a franchise quarterback. Ben's never been involved in the MVP discussion before, so you got a little bit of a legacy factor there. Uh, and unless Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, one of the big names, like they won't want to, in my opinion, give Patrick Mahomes the award twice in a row. It's voter fatigue. It doesn't usually happen. And so I think Big Ben is a very good guy to target as an MVP possibility. Steelers have, uh, to win the, Steelers, have, Steelers have to win the division, by the way, because if the Browns are the division, uh, ba- I don't see how anybody would put Ben over Baker. I give that a B plus. That's fine. <laughs> what do you think, Because I feel like there are lower tier uh, – Mitchell Trubisky, for instance. Uh, Wilson, what do you give us, plus 200 odds? That yeah. would have been an A plus. But Roethlisberger, did it's you see bold. How ESPN, it's bold, but also still being realistic. ESPN did a big uh, – they polled all their like writers for MVP and stuff. Five people voted Trubisky fifth on the MVP award. What are you doing? What's so weird? Five different people. It's weird. Sean, have you been uh, stealing ballots from ESPN people? No, and I hacked ESPN emailing them system. in. Yeah. That's what my guess is. Um, well, then I'll just go to mine since we're going through this quickly. And same thought process as Brinson here. It's also an MVP prediction, but it's not Ben Roethlisberger. He was my prediction last year which I felt was decent because he ended up leading the league in passing yards, like Brinson said. Uh, Drew Brees winning the MVP. And here's my thing is that we saw what he did last year. He actually finished second in the MVP race. There's no Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram averaged 184 carries per season over the past two seasons. Yes, they brought in Latavius Murray, but I do think without Ingram, they're going to throw the ball more, more passing yards to Brees, more passing touchdowns, and the thing that Breeze is going to get is voter guilt. Do you guys know who has finished in second place in the MVP race more than anyone in NFL history? Jay Cutler. Phil Mickelson. Those are both good guesses, but they are wrong. Do you guys know how many times Drew Breeze has finished in second place? Uh, five. Six. Four. Yeah. Including last season, 2018. So I think if Breeze is even in the discussion, top three, Brenton mentioned voter fatigue with Mahomes, that the guilt vote, you're like, you know what? We need to give it to Breeze. He's he's getting up there in age. He might not be playing much longer. He's finished runner-up four times. He's getting out of hand. Let's just give him the freaking award so he can go home and retire. I give it a B because I think, you know, you're talking about a guy who has finished second most and saying he's going to make the leap and finish in first. I don't think that's that bold. I give um, your grade of me an F. What's that? Nothing. He graded your grade with an F. Oh, wow. Well, how the turntables. Um, how the turntables? This is what I'll say about Drew Brees. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did you just say how the turntables? Yeah, he's graded my grade? We're allowed to do that? We're allowed to grade grades? It's how the tables. That's what they say, that's, that's what they say in California. Yeah, it's how the, table, how the tables have turned. Do you not know? It's the office quote. Oh, oh, oh is it, it how the turntables? It, it's no, when, it's uh, when Michael Scott doesn't know how to say it. So he goes, well, well, well. 
how the turntables. Well, you got to throw the three wells in there. I mean, you I can't just that. leave That's them like out. my favorite office. You, got, you, you didn't. Your delivery. I give you delivery an F. <laughs> well, I, anyone says that, I feel like everyone knows it's the Michael Scott. Okay. Well, well, see, like, I always, like, when I do, if I say, like, just to play Devil's Avocado here, because that's from 30 Rock, right? But you got to be like, Larry, if I can play Devil's Avocado, because otherwise people think they're like, this idiot okay. thinks it's Devil's Avocado. <laughs> no, I know, I know the phrase. Well, the well, well. This is what's tables, concerning about Drew Brees. If you look at tables. his numbers last year, he was neck and neck with Patrick Mahomes for the first three months of the season, and um, or at the very least, it was a close. It was a close race. I don't know if anyone had Breeze above him, but it was close. After Thanksgiving, his deep ball was a disaster. Now I'm quoting Warren Sharp from Sharp Football. Post Thanksgiving, his deep ball he completed 41 percent of the time, averaged only 10.2 yards per attempt. Before Thanksgiving, that was at 18.1 yards per attempt. So his yards per attempt on deep balls declined by eight full yards. He threw one touchdown and two interceptions on his deep ball after throwing six touchdowns and no interceptions before Thanksgiving. And his passer rating dropped to 63 when it was at 144 before Thanksgiving. And also, so I mean, real quick. he got hurt, which could have been a case. Maybe he did pick up an injury. Or he's getting old and, um, you know, the last stretch of the season is going to be difficult for him. Is that game at the end of November, they played the Cowboys. Uh, the Cowboys won 13 to 10, and that was probably Breeze's worst game of the season. He got beat up in that game. And there was some thought that maybe he injured his throwing arm, which led to that regression. So if it was an injury thing and not an age thing, then there's no reason to think that regression is going to come this year. But if it was age, then obviously that's an issue. But there are clips of him just getting destroyed in that Cowboys game. And actually, um, on Thanksgiving, they played the Falcons, and Warren Sharp has a clip beneath that tweet that I was quoting from of an interception and Breeze goes to make a tackle on the interception with his throwing shoulder, and he gets absolutely clobbered. And look, he, I don't think he showed up on the injury report, but if there was going to be a hit that hurt his arm, that was probably it. Okay. Uh, I would agree well, with that. All right. Last one. We got to get this thing ready. Make sure we get over 75 minutes here. The uh, Bengals win the Super Bowl. Is that your last one? Uh, I have the Chiefs <laughs> win the Super Bowl, and that's my final prediction. Um, uh, I, I, uh, I, I, what? And picking any besides the Patriots to win the Super Bowl qualifies as bold, in my but, opinion. No, the Chiefs have the same odds. It's the F- Chiefs D4 jumped off sides. Otherwise, the Chiefs would have been in the Super Bowl. F- minus. And, the, and the problem is, is there's no way I can, like, F- this prediction and, like, tweak it like we did of all the others. The the Chiefs, I'm, I don't think they're going to go undefeated. I'm not going to predict that. The Chiefs uh, don't win the Super Bowl. <laughs> It's bolder to say the Chiefs are winning the Super Bowl than the Win Chiefs. the Super Bowl by 40 points. Patrick Ooh. Mahomes throws 50 touchdown passes in the in Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl, Bowl. yeah. <laughs> oh, or what about the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, but there's a twist. It's actually Matt Moore starting for them in the Super Bowl. Oh. I don't think – I don't want to predict that. You guys can give me an F. It's fine. But that's my prediction. Chiefs win the Super Bowl. They came a coin toss away – with a terrible defense a year ago, I think the defense is going to be equally bad. I don't buy any of the changes they made. Um, it seems like they've just swapped out one bad defense and putting in a new version of a terrible defense. Frank I don't. Clark, Honey Badger, you don't like them? I mean, they got rid of D Ford and Justin Houston and um, Eric Berry, who didn't play anyways. Uh, I don't think they're changing coordinator. I don't think they necessarily upgraded a coordinator. If you look at Steve Spagnola's career, he's had I think a top five defense and scoring twice in like something like seven or eight seasons 
or might be even nine seasons. So I don't buy any of the changes made on defense. This is purely uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense uh, overcoming the Patriots. And I think what will be key is that early meeting that they – what week do they play? Um, whoever wins that, because I think home field advantage in that playoffs is going to matter big time. Another bold prediction by Sean. Home field advantage will matter in the playoffs. Make that the headline. Yeah. Why home field advantage matters in the playoffs. Wagner, colon, Chiefs will be good. <laughs> um, do you know what is kind of bold? Who I'm picking to win the uh, Super Bowl? And who John Breach? Should we, should, should we spoil it for him, John? I don't want to. Well, I mean, this Did podcast, I say this last people are going to be listening on Monday and my bold predictions will be out. So I'm fine. Also, no one, mine. no one has made it to this point in this podcast for now. It's just him right it's now only... banging his head against the computer screen about why we're still talking. <laughs> he's like, he's, I'm going to get Labor Day text like 89 minutes. What is the matter with you? Like, I don't know. But it is a holiday. If, if you're going to listen to an 89 minute podcast, it's going to be on a holiday. So we should probably you're, a... you're driving with the family. You just don't care anymore. You're like, you know what? I'm just going to get sucked into the pick six podcast for 90 minutes. And listen to Sean's Chief Super Bowl prediction. Uh, anyway, so John and I had the same NFC representative in the Super Bowl, and we hadn't like talked about it at all. Wait, I have—I already know who I'm picking for the NFC. Who do you have? Give me yours. I have the Eagles. Chiefs, Eagles. Ooh, Andy Reid beats. See, that's no. See, that's the bold prediction. You damn goober! How'd you not go there? Yeah. Right, what is, what is, Andy Reid beats his old team to win this first Super Bowl? Are you kidding me? All right, fine. We've changed. You served yourself up on a platter. And that's an A. Platter that's face. an A plus. Oh no! This has been in Slack for two hours. You guys could have told me this before. I, I guess mean, I didn't tell you about the Eagles. Yeah. Not about the Eagles. All right, that's on me. John knew about the Eagles. My you, Super Bowl prediction. Oh, did, would you not send him the Eagles to your thing? We didn't do. No, we only did. did we only did the winner, not the loser. Oh, oh, you only asked because we have the same team. Right? Yeah, I was. So, who's your NFC pick? My Super Bowl Purple. pick Purple. is Chiefs Vikings eaters with the Chiefs winning. I have the Vikings over the Steelers, and Brinson also has the Vikings in the Super Bowl. I like all these. It's not going to matter when the Patriots are winning the Super Bowl again, but you know. You know what the fuck? It's not even like we're picking against the Patriots. I just think it's so easy to pick the Patriots that you just want to think outside. Yeah, it's not fun. So but it's just, not even that like you don't feel good if the Patriots win the Super Bowl and you predicted the Patriots to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. But let's be real: if we all had to, you know, if we had a gun to our head, it was you have to pick one team and you die if they don't win it. We'd all pick the. We'd all. Pick the <laughs> yeah, Patriots, that's right? a great point. I would take the Bengals. So I've, um, <laughs> yeah. So I've, uh, I've been. This is my. I've, I've been calculating it wrong. It's like when I forgot how old I was that one year. Uh, when I was 37, and I thought I thought I was 38, but I was really 37. Um, I thought this was my ninth Super Bowl that I was covering. This co- upcoming one, it's my tenth. So first of all, I should get some kind of uh, anniversary. Yeah, I should get some kind of award or something from CBS, or like a, a nice uh, silver goblet, perhaps, or like a you know something, a chip. I don't know. Silver uh, goblet. Yeah. Have you seen? So Dennis Dodd. On, uh, if you watch them on CBS Sports HQ, our 24-7 streaming sports network that you can access on Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, and all your other devices as well as CBSSports.com slash live. Um, he, uh, he has this big crystal ball in behind him on his, on his bookshelf. Is he got it when he was, in, he gets his 10 years at CBS present. He got 10 years at CBS. He gets a big, a big crystal ball. It's like a, it looks like a BCS trophy. Where's mine? So you're jealous. You didn't, yeah. You're yeah, jealous. You didn't get they those. stopped giving them out because now they're, they're cheap. They gave you a podcast. That was your Yeah, podcast. I got a podcast. I don't want a podcast. I want a big crystal goblet. And a I'll take the bit podcast and you can have the goblet. 
All I want is a half. I'll take the goblet. All I want is the half zip. They give me a half zip. So, Brenton, I'll buy you a drink in South Beach to celebrate the 10th anniversary of you covering your 10th Super Bowl. But actually, so kind of kind of interesting, but not interesting. Um, The first Super Bowl radio row I ever covered was the year before I started working at CBS, and it was actually in South Beach. Um, It was the Saints uh, Saints Colts Super Bowl. I flew out away from the Super Bowl before the game because my buddy, one of my really good friends, Garrett, had a bachelor party, and uh, so we watched it there. Uh, we, we were debating between Wrightsville Beach and New Orleans, chose Wrightsville Beach, and then the Saints won the Super Bowl. We would have been in New Orleans when the Saints won the Super Bowl. Sort of screwed that one up. Uh, but my, my uh, larger point was that um, 10 years, Super Bowl, Tom, Brady, Tom Brady's been in over half, or like half of them, no matter whether he goes this year or not. He's, I've seen Tom Brady in the Super Bowl five times. It's ridiculous. I mean, ten, this nine... Super Bowl is in Miami, and the last time I was in Miami for a Super Bowl was Super Bowl twenty three when Joe Montana hit John Taylor with a ten yard touchdown pass with thirty four seconds left to beat the Bengals. That's all. Ooh. So you think that Forty um, ers Bengals? Yes, maybe. It's my bold prediction. I always try and do those anniversary bold predictions. It never works out. Like I was like Patriot or Patriots Panthers revenge game. Hey, but you know what's funny is that you just said that is that my Chiefs Vikings pick is a 50th anniversary because they played in Super Bowl four, And I kind of, I mean, it didn't, it's not what dictated my pick, but I was pleasantly surprised that that happened. Can I just Especially say real quick? the 100th anniversary season. This is why. Like, why are these guys trying to get to 90 minutes? What are they doing? What are they doing? No, no, no. no. <laughs> what I was going to say is this could never happen on Ryan's watch because Ryan would be looking at you guys like, and he would say, he would actually say the words, what are we doing here? Because yeah. that's what he always says when we start going over. He's like, I, I've got a hard out, guys. I've got a hard out. It's like, no, you don't. You don't have anything to do. He's got to go make a smoothie yeah, with you oat got, milk. You got like, got to take a nap. You got to go make some oatmeal and chew it or like eat it while you watch Andy Griffith's show. Ryan, get out of here. You're not doing anything. Uh, all right, let's get out of here. This is a long it's an hour. And How 20, many minutes? One hour and twenty minute podcast. Pretty happy oh, Labor Day, listeners. Uh, happy Labor Day, everybody. Um, we uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great, uh, have a great holiday. Stay safe out there, people.